I'm sorry to have knocked you up so early. Oh, that's quite all right, Mr... Uh... Hatherley. Victor Hatherley. I believe your maid left my card in the hall. Oh, I'm afraid I... It would also tell you that I'm a hydraulic engineer. What can I do for you, Mr Hatherley? I came in by train this morning to Paddington. Ah, night journey can be monotonous. Now, if you oh, just tell me what could not be called monotonous. <laughs> I have had a serious accident, you see. <laughs> it's hardly the sort of thing that happens every night. That will do, Mr. Hatley. Well, just as well, eh? Just as well. Do you see? Do you see? Stop it. Do you see? Stop it! I'm sorry. I'm afraid I, I seem to have made rather a fool of myself. Drink this. That's it. All of it. That's better. Now, sit down. Thank you. And now, Doctor, perhaps you would kindly attend to my thumb. Put your hand on the table. That's it. Good heavens. Or rather, the place where my thumb used to be. This is a terrible injury. Must have bled considerably. Yes, it did. I fainted when it was done. When I came to, I found that it was still bleeding, so I tied my handkerchief round my wrist and braced it up with a twig. Excellent. You should have been a surgeon. Uh, well, it's a question of hydraulics, you see, and came within my own province. Mm. This has been done by a very heavy and sharp instrument. A thing like a cleaver. An accident, I presume. No, by no means. I was attacked. Attacked? Doctor, I have been through quite an ordeal. Perhaps you'd better not speak of the matter. It is evidently trying to your nerves. I think I'm over that now. And I shall have to tell my tale to the police. But between ourselves, if it were not for the convincing evidence of this wound of mine, I should be surprised if they believe my statement. Hmm? I've not much in the way of proof to back it up. And even if they do believe me, the clues which I can give them are so vague, it is a question whether justice will be done. If it's in the nature of a problem to be solved, I strongly recommend you to come to my friend, Mr Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yes. I've heard of that fellow. I should be very glad if he would take the matter up. Would you give me an introduction to him? I'll do better. I'll take you round to him myself. I should be immensely obliged to you. That's settled, then. Yeah. How does that feel? Capital. I'll get the maid called cab. With a bit of luck, we'll just be in time for breakfast. When we arrived at Baker Street, Sherlock Holmes was, as I expected, lounging about the sitting room in his dressing gown, reading the agony column of the Times and smoking his before-breakfast pipe. As ever, this was composed of all the plugs and dottles left from his smokes from the day before, all carefully dried and collected on the corner of the mantelpiece. He received us in his quietly genial fashion, ordered fresh rashers and eggs, and joined us in a hearty meal. More bacon, Mr Hatherley? No, I must admit to being full. Thank you, Mr Holmes. 
Well, I've felt another man since the doctor bandaged me, and I think that your breakfast has completed the cure. It is easy to say that your experience has been no common one. Might I suggest, before you acquaint us with the detail of the ordeal you have undergone, you stretch yourself out on the sofa there? Well, I... I... Uh, please, I insist. Very well. I think perhaps you may be right, and I'm not yet quite as steady as I should be. Here, pillow for your head. And brandy and water on the side table. You may feel the need of a further stimulant. Thank you. Now, Mr. Hathaway, you have our full attention. Well, gentlemen, I feel I must take up as little of your valuable time as possible. You must know, however, that I am an orphan and a bachelor residing alone in lodgings in London and, by profession, a hydraulic engineer. Two years ago, having served my time and also having come into a fair sum of money through my poor father's death, I determined to start in business for myself and took professional chambers in Victoria Street. I suppose that everyone finds his first independent start a dreary experience, but to me it has been exceptionally so. During two years, I have had three consultations, one small job and gross takings of £27, 10 shillings. So you can well imagine how I gradually came to believe I should never have any practice at all. I should think we all felt like that at one time or another. Hey, Holmes? <laughs> yes, please continue, Mr Hathaway. Yesterday, however, just as I was thinking of leaving the office, my clerk entered to say that there was a gentleman waiting to see me on business. A Colonel Lysander Stark. Close at his heels came the Colonel himself. A man rather over the middle size, but of an exceeding thinness. I do not think I have ever seen so thin a man. Yet this emaciation seemed to be his natural habit, and due to no disease, for his eye was bright, his step brisk, and his bearing assured. Mr. Hetherley? Colonel Stark, please take a seat. Thank you. What can I do for you? Uh, Mr. Hetherley, you have been recommended to me as a man who is not only proficient in his profession, but is also discreet and capable of preserving a secret. I have it from the same source that you are both an orphan and a bachelor and are residing alone in London. That is correct, but I fail to see how all this bears on my professional qualifications, presuming that it is a professional matter on which you wish to speak to me. Undoubtedly so. I have a commission for you, but secrecy is essential, absolute Secrecy. If I promise to keep a secret, you may absolutely depend on my doing so. Do you promise, then? Yes, I promise. Absolute and complete silence before, during and after? No reference to the matter at all, either in word or writing? Colonel Stark, please state your business. My time is of value. Hmm. How would 50 guineas for a night's work suit you? Um... Yes, that would suit most admirably. I say a night's work, but an hour's would be nearer the mark. I simply want your opinion on a hydraulic machine which has got out of gear. If you show us what is wrong, we shall soon set it right ourselves. What do you think of such a commission as that? Most acceptable. Then you will come tonight by the last train. Where to? Eifold, in Berkshire. There is a train from Paddington which would bring you there at about 11.15. I shall come down in a carriage to meet you. There is a drive, then? Oh, yes. We are quite out in the country. A good 
seven miles from Eiffel Station. I doubt if there is a train back at that hour. Could I not come at some more convenient time? We have judged it best you should come late. It is to recompense you for any inconvenience that we are paying you, a young and unknown man, a fee which would buy an opinion from the very heads of your profession. Of course, if you would like to draw out of the business, there's plenty of time to do so. Not at all. I shall be very happy to accommodate myself to your wishes. I should like, however, to understand a little more clearly what it is that you wish me to do. Quite so. As you are probably aware, Fuller's Earth is a valuable product that is only found in one or two places in England. I have heard, sir. Some little time ago, I bought a small place, a very small place, within ten miles of Reading. I was fortunate enough to discover that there was a deposit of Fuller's Earth in one of my fields. On examining it, however, I found that this deposit was a comparatively small one and that it formed a link between two very much larger ones upon the right and the left. Both of them, however, in the grounds of my neighbours. These good people were absolutely ignorant that their land contained that which was quite as valuable as a gold mine. Oh, naturally, it was to my interest to buy their land before they discovered its true value, but unfortunately I had no capital by which I could do this. I took a few of my friends into the secret, however, and they suggested that we should quietly and secretly work our own little deposit and that in this way we should earn the money which would enable us to buy the neighbouring fields. This we have now been doing for some time, and in order to help us in our operations, we erected a hydraulic press. This press, as I have already explained, has got out of order, and we wish your advice upon the subject. We guard our secret very jealously, however, and if it once became known that we had hydraulic engineers coming to our little house...